Trending now, Putnam County's budget will be finalized for the new fiscal year in just about five weeks. This is Ben Rogers. As the community grows, the needs in that budget also grow, and some of those needs are focused in the Sheriff's Office. Today, we go inside the needs of the Putnam County Sheriff's Office with Sheriff Eddie Ferris and Mike Ronskowski, Chief of Finance. Welcome, guys. Always glad to be here. Welcome. Good to see you, Ben. I appreciate, glad to be here. I appreciate y'all being here. We're going to continue, as we have the last couple of weeks, talking about Putnam County's fiscal year budget for 2019-2020. And a big part of that budget is the sheriff's office and all the operations. And I know that, uh, Sheriff, you're working daily on it along with, with Mike. And, and what does Mike do for your office? Well, so let me tell you where Mike came from. So um, Mike and I have a unique relationship. We've both been to the FBI National Academy, which, you know, we're lucky only 2% of the law enforcement across the country gets to go to that. So Mike had retired from Miami-Dade and came up. Uh, to Cookville and and built a house him and his wife out on Silver Point and so I got to know him before uh, before I was ever elected sheriff and I knew Mike was very smart and and had a lot of interest in continuing to work so when we got started at the sheriff's office he came on and I had a part time position and ended up being my grant writer and and done a wonderful job we've got several thousands of dollars over the last. Uh, uh, four or five years uh, from Mike and also our LISO program, which uh, helps the sheriff's office tremendously in, in a lot of different ways. And we've been able to fund our training facility, which is our new firing range without having to come to the commission for any funds and, and a lot of other things, including vehicles and mostly used vehicles and, and, and such that we, we use. And then if we don't use them, we're able to sell them and, and put the money back in the budget and use it somewhere else that's needed. So he was a big part of that, and and so when I came into office, Greg Rector was my chief of finance and done a wonderful job, and and his former county commissioner and uh, great, he did wonderful, but but he had other job opportunities and and had left after about three years, and so it was really just a perfect fit, Mike, to fit in that role, and and he's done well and and took ownership and and led us in a good direction, and and so uh, proud to have Mike. He's a big part of our group and a big part of the success at the sheriff's office. And as a county commissioner myself and, and budget committee chair, I've got to work with Mike uh, on some numbers and, and look into the budget, and you do a good job putting it together. What? How many budgets are you uh, responsible for as a sheriff? Well, we have six budgets within our budget. We have patrol. Everybody knows about patrol. And, of course, responsible for running and operating the jail across Tennessee. We're in our 95 counties. Um, and then we have a juvenile detention center here. Uh, which we can hold up to 22, and so we we also manage and operate that. We have our commissary fund, which uh, have items on hand for the inmates to purchase and buy beyond uh, normal everyday meals. And then we have our drug fund. Obviously, we take a lot of pride, and we work drugs hard in this county, and, and we've been very successful in that. We'll continue that, uh, as you know, a uh, big part of our inmate population is due to drugs, and we'll get into more of that later. Uh, and then we have a workhouse, uh, and so we, we operate those six budgets, uh, which make up around $11, $11.5 dollars in the sheriff's office. And I think that's the, the largest in the general fund uh, and then the second largest uh, behind school system. It, it is. the And the commissary fund is one of the smaller budgets that you actually deal with, but it's – it's something that helps you supplement the expenses for the jail. You're selling items back to the inmates that they want or need for their their days in incarceration, and it gives them something, you know, I guess snacks, drinks, stuff they might want to use. But it also helps 
fund some of the operations you're providing for in the jail as well. It does. It helps fund it, and obviously uh, that money goes back into the general fund, but we're certainly glad to do that as, as a lot of the other things that we do bring in money, such as a state board bill, and we'll talk about that more later in the jail. But, but yes, it's big, and, and we try to be very reasonable in what we charge the inmates. We understand that you know most of them are in there and obviously can't work, and the families are having to provide, but uh, even we shop around and get the best prices we can, but even at that, we're usually doubling our money. And so uh, we're doing real good. And, and uh, even though uh, it's a lot of money, but in the big scheme of things, it's probably not a tremendous amount of money, but it certainly helps. Sure, it does help. This is Trending. I'm Ben Rogers discussing the new fiscal year budget with Sheriff Eddie Ferris and uh, Chief of Finance Mike Ronskowski. As we talk about the patrol budget, where the sheriff's office functions are, how many employees come out of that budget? Deputies, patrols, SROs? You know, we have approximately 155 when we're full up to speed. And uh, I was just uh, just trying to uh, look at some of those. Uh, just, just to run down real quick sure. some of the things. We have 56 correction deputies that works inside of our jail and juvenile detention. Or excuse me, just the jail. We have nine dispatchers. Uh, we have 15 investigators, uh, 12 juvenile detention workers. Uh, of those, some of the deputies, we have three in training. We have 15 SROs in 15 different schools. Uh, obviously, we've got 20 schools we're trying to reach the, the pinnacle of is having one deputy and one SRO, highly trained deputy in each of those schools. So that's something that we want to continue on and trying to reach that number. Uh, we have two deputies dedicated uh, to nothing but prisoner transport and mental transports. As you know, one of the duties as a sheriff uh, by state law is is transporting mental uh, patients, and so that takes up a lot of our resources. Uh, in fact, we took over 500 trips last year, and most of the time we're headed to Moxcon Bend or Nashville or Peninsula or something, so it's not always a short trip. And that comes, that's one of those uh, unfunded mandates that, that's put on the sheriff. Right. And so it stresses us a little bit and strains us. Uh, we have 13 part-time people that actually work in our court system, mostly as security. Um, and you'll see those as you enter in and out of our courtrooms. And as we mentioned earlier, we were talking, we had almost 90,000 people last year come through our courtrooms. And we've been fairly consistent over the, the time that I've been here, somewhere between 85 and 90 every single year. Right. So that's a lot of folks coming in and out. And as you know, we have one uh, deputy dedicated to each judge when they're on the stand. So we take care of that. And then we're doing the security outside of that. And so uh, we have three um, people that work civil warrants. As you know, one of the main uh, four responsibilities as a sheriff, one of the, the four, the main responsibilities of, of the four is serving criminal and civil warrants. And so we have three dedicated to civil warrants. We have three dedicated to criminal warrants. Uh, we have two workhouse crew people. We have six in administration, secretaries and bookkeepers and payroll and, and such like that. And that includes HR right. as well. And so we have about 40 deputies that's actually in uniform that's out here. Uh, answering and traveling the calls every day and so 15 sros and 20 schools in the in the county and you and i have discussed for years since both of us came in office you as a sheriff in 2014 me as a commissioner in 2014 about our sros you're you're able to make it work now you're able to to provide sros at those schools but the goal is to get one in each school. We do. We certainly have. We have two at our high school, and obviously it being the, the biggest and one of the largest high schools uh, in the state, mm -hmm. 
at 23, 2400 students. So, um, but yes, we have our high schools and our middle schools covered, and then our uh, grammar schools, elementary schools. We're splitting some time between some of those to make sure we cover all of our schools. But the goal is is to have one highly trained deputy SRO in every school in this county. And you mentioned in the budget committee a couple of weeks ago that you put your highly trained deputies as an SRO because of the, the importance of them being in the school. In case something happens, you want somebody highly trained. It's not like you're hiring somebody new. This is their first time in law enforcement. They're they're trained they're a trained deputy and they're able to do things that maybe some of the other deputies you have that are newer are, are not there yet. Absolutely, even though to, to be applied to, to be an SRO, you have to have at least a minimum of two years uh, road experience. But our deputies and SROs in our schools have much more than that, and we put them through some much more tactical training as well. As you saw and we read in the news and saw in the news, the thing down in Parkland. Uh, where the the officer didn't react correctly, and now he's got several charges facing. So the way we train our SROs and our deputies, I mean, we have to react and act right then. Uh, We have no time to wait if something bad happens, and we certainly hope that never happens, and that's why we've got them in there to uh, prevent this, hopefully. But if it does, then they're certainly there and capable. Uh, I'm fully confident in every one of them that we've got in these schools that they're capable and will react and, and do what's needed. Sure. So five five is the goal for SROs, and that is in this year's budget or next year's budget, fiscal year nineteen twenty. There's four more positions I think you've asked for in the budget, the other budgets you have, um, and the, I know one of them is a evidence tech, I believe, is is in there. Yes, we have we have over four thousand pieces of evidence, as you know. We have we feel like we're operating. I know the census is probably saying we're around seventy eight thousand. But every day in the Upper Cumberland, we have people influxed in here. So we're servicing many more than that. And so with the the call volume that we have, in fact, I'll go ahead and tell you, uh, for the last five years since I've been here, we're averaging just over 30,000 calls a year. And this is just for the road deputies. And so and, and some of those, and most of them, thank goodness, are not serious calls, but these are calls that we have to go on and respond. And so that's a, that's a whole lot of calls. And so... Uh, getting back to the evidence tech, we have over 4,000 uh, pieces of evidence. And so we want to make sure we, we do things what's right and keep up with. And there's a lot of interaction going in and out of there. And as you know, Ben, that the uh, evidence room is one thing a lot of police and sheriff's offices get uh, dinged on as far as uh, comptrollers. And we certainly don't want to be one of those. Right. And so we're working hard to make sure we do that. But we're at the point where we got to have somebody full-time in there. Sure. The Putnam County budget and the needs of the Putnam County Sheriff's Office and how to address those needs, that's what's trending with Eddie Ferris, Putnam County Sheriff. Putnam County's budget in the new fiscal year will be approximately $170 million total. There are a lot of requests being made in that budget. The Sheriff's Office is one of those requests of the six budgets he maintains. Uh, We are here today with Sheriff Eddie Ferris and also Mike Ronskowski. We were discussing personnel requests. We know you're looking at four new correction officers for the jail. Yes, sir. And, and Ben, we're, the reason we're, we're looking at that is two things. It's really twofold. Number one is, uh, as you know, the jail was built in 1993, and it was actually designed for 170 uh, bed facility. And since that time, we've added on and made some different things over the years and brought it up to a 252-bed jail. But we're averaging – you know, 400 plus. In fact, today I think we had 407 and, and, uh, the highest we've had in there is 465. So even though the facility itself, 
uh, is not any bigger. We're having a much more inmates, and so we need more personnel. But the second thing to that is, is we're certainly hoping at some point in the near future that the commission will consider, uh, you know, adding on or building us another facility in order to uh, help some of the relief of the inmates. Um, as you know, uh, we have been uh, on two plan of actions, and one of those basically is overcrowding. Uh, and so uh, we're trying to help that. Uh, that's something that, that we need to need to help. And so having said all that, if we end up building something in the next two or three years down the road, we can't hire 20 or 30 people immediately. And number one, those individuals are very hard to find. And, and number two, there's training and cost that go along with that. So we're looking ahead and trying to get started now on inching that number up. If you wait and hire 20 uh, corrections officers when the jail's built, that's a, a minimum $600,000 cost in salary alone, not sure. counting uh, the, all the benefits that comes with that. And, and the costs that come with new personnel, and you're asking also for another deputy, a patrol deputy. We are asking for another patrol deputy, and you heard me talk about the numbers a minute ago. We were answering over last year just shy of 35,000 calls here in this county, and that's not including Monterey, Baxter, and Allgood, who we also dispatch for. But we also help uh, really on a lot of their investigations and different things. So we are we're certainly stretched in that way. I think since I've been sheriff, we have um, got one uh, new deputy added on to actually do something with the road. I'm not talking about the SROs because we have got SROs, and I really appreciate the commission working with us and and force on that. And let me just add, the commission's been very kind uh, to me since I've been in office in 14 and and they realized that we were really behind at the sheriff's office and and so we've come a long ways and since then we we're able to be accredited we were number three i think in the state to get accredited there's only five now uh, which means a lot um, and for people who don't know what that is that means that we're uh, we're uh, have the right policies in place the police policies uh, that's a standard across the united states and we're following them and so that means a great deal. And we certainly, uh, our motto when we came in, and one of the things we stress was being professional, having integrity, and, and, and being a good sheriff's office and representing and acting like we should in a county our size. And, and hopefully the citizens are proud of what we're doing. Uh, we've had one deputy added, and that deputy had to go to uh, the transports because our transports had just got entirely too big for us. A lot of our uh, people in jail are there for mental issues. You have so, two now uh, that transport. We, we have two that transport now, and they're so, full time. And you want another one to assist I, with that, and, not, and also. Well, well, no, I don't. I, I need another one just to help answer so, calls on the roads I, okay. because we haven't had any road deputies actually added sure. to go answer the calls, sure. and so uh, we've got four of those uh, hopefully added in the next four years. As okay. you know, we we gave uh, the commission a plan uh, a few months ago, a four year plan, and so we broke that up into to a year at a time. So we're hoping to get. Uh, four new deputies or six new deputies over the next four years and to help us relieve some of that pressure. Uh, but yes, and then we have, uh, we talked about the evidence tech and then we're asking for a part-time uh, investigator and that's certainly uh, just a part-time salary with no benefits. But the reason that is we have a tremendous amount of investigations and we have uh, some individuals that's retired from either the sheriff's office or uh, Cookville City or one of the other agencies around here that's been highly trained, that's got a lot of experience over the years, and they're certainly willing to come in and work two or three days a week. And that's a good way for us to 
to get some help. So we're asking for that that as well on this budget. This is trending. I'm Ben Rogers discussing the new fiscal year budget with Eddie Ferris, Putnam County Sheriff. We've talked about the new personnel. Part of acquiring new personnel is, of course, finding the right people, getting them certified. But they also need tools to do their job, and and one of those tools are vehicles. Let's talk about the uh, how many new vehicles uh, are you requesting for? And I know it depends on the personnel you receive, but how many new vehicles? And talk about your new vehicle process and how you have a fleet and how you try to turn it over when it gets so, to certain. So level. Mike's done a really good job of this, so I'm going to let him answer the question about the vehicles and explain to you exactly what the program that we've been trying to get on. Okay. What we've done is we've taken our vehicles. As you know, they're, they're run 24-7, possibly 365, especially in patrol that it's not just mileage, it's high-hour usage. Uh, canine vehicle has to run to keep the dog cool, has to be readily available and such. Not to mention the vehicles that we have are not your standard off-the-lot vehicles, as an example, the Ford Explorer. It's not one the family buys, even though it may look at it. It's a police interceptor. It's got a different type of motor, different type of equipment and the like. With all that being said, we started looking at our vehicles when the sheriff came into office. Many of our vehicles were... Uh, if you will, secondary vehicles. They were acquired through other means, and they weren't purchased new. A lot of the vehicles had well over 200,000 miles. Uh, we started looking at national standards, trying to pare that down. We're talking strictly patrol here uh, and get putting all the money that the commission's been nice enough to give us all towards 100% towards patrol. We've used other means through LISO, the military surplus program, to get used vehicles. They may not look pretty, may be high mileage, but that got us by on the investigator side until we can get patrol up to speed. Uh, we've gone ahead with those vehicles, and we've gotten most of our patrol vehicles well down below 150,000 miles. Uh, the county's 400-plus square miles. Uh, there's a lot of driving that takes place, uh, whether it's a country road or it's the interstate. But what we started looking at was, what are we getting on our return? We were having a fleet where Pete paint was peeling off the vehicle stickers were peeling off we wanted a professional looking uh, vehicle not to mention a safe vehicle there's a lot of requirements that are required by government laws and standards and practices uh, for lighting a vehicle so the sheriff directed us to go ahead and look at our vehicles look at our fleet say what is it going to take to replace these vehicles let's turn the fleet on a consistent basis uh, there are no hard fast rules for replacement across the country the last real studies were back in the 70s uh, by the Department of Congress and the like. If you look at the Police Executive Forum, the uh, International Association Chiefs of Police, a lot of places are struggling with this. What we started finding was that the vast majority of them out there that we can find had a rule of thumb that was X number of years or X number of miles. A lot of them seemed to go between that 80 to 100,000 mile range. Talked with the sheriff, where are the mindsets because of the vastness of this county that we could probably do 100 to 125 tops for patrol. At that point, the vehicle becomes a risk and liability because they're driven a lot harder and they're driven a lot different than your normal mom-and-pop vehicle. Uh, trying to put a year number on it would be kind of hard because, I mean, you might have a vehicle five years old that only has 30,000 miles, but you might have a vehicle that's two years old and it's got 80,000 miles, like a transport vehicle. So we started looking at the vehicles. What do we want to do with them? How we want to work it? With that being said, we identified roughly 20 patrol vehicles that had over 125,000 miles on it, still to this day. Uh, half our fleet is about where we want it to be. The other half is where we're lacking. Uh, with that, we had 34 vehicles that had over 100,000 miles. Again, we're talking also, you factor in the hours that these vehicles run. 
We've gone ahead and we looked at the marked patrol vehicles. We got 20 vehicles. We want to replace them on a four to five year plan. That's roughly another four or five vehicles on top of what we want to replace and have to replace every year. We feel that with having a fleet of roughly 45 marked patrol vehicles, you've got to replace about 10 per year. And then for transport slash investigators, we have to replace about two per year. Uh, so when you start factoring in that, you go, wow, that's a lot of money. Well, we buy off state contract. State contract for a Ford Explorer is $30,000 today. Well, people forget you got to upfit it. You got to put the equipment. You got to put the automatic vehicle locator, all the safety equipment and things that are required by law and regulation. That adds almost another $15,000 per vehicle. You can do some for 12, 13, most of them around that $14,000 range. So all of a sudden you're $43,000, $44,000 per vehicle. Coming year, they're all going to be SUVs. Ford's no longer making the Taurus Interceptor. Uh, these are the vehicles we have to have. We look at that. We look at our investigations fleet. Uh, we've been buying used vehicles from that. Uh, we're fortunate. The state of Missouri mandates all their vehicles come off the road from Missouri Highway Patrol 50, 55,000 miles, period. Uh, they gave us a good, real good deal on it. We're able to buy through them. Uh, they serviced them. We've got meticulous maintenance records. They're great vehicles. So we've been using those to augment and working with it, and we've been very happy with it. And we just think we can do a four or five-year replacement plan. Ten vehicles a year, and the $30,000 purchase price plus upfitting with equipment close to $40,000. dollars $44,000. $44, Last year, the county commission approved 509000 for vehicles, and throughout this fiscal year, the budget was amended some because you sold uh, vehicles that were surplused, and you increased the vehicle budget over $100,000 roughly. This new fiscal year, you are looking to, uh, or you're asking for a little over $809,000 in vehicles, and that mainly is due to the new personnel. Uh, we are with Sheriff Eddie Ferris and Chief of Finance for the Sheriff's Office, Mike Ronskowski. We look at the needs of the Putnam County Sheriff's Office for the 2019-2020 fiscal year budget and beyond. Requests from many different departments continue across Putnam County, but those requests are not with a limitless budget in the county. This is Ben Rogers as we look at the Putnam County Sheriff's Office and the need for a new jail with Putnam County Sheriff Eddie Ferris. Also with us is Chief of Finance Mike Ronskowski. This is trending. Sheriff and, and, and Mike Big, we've talked about the budget and, and really the patrol side. We've mentioned the jail a little bit, but some of the big expenses for your budget is out of the jail, and, and that includes the medical contract or, and medical expenses, food, custodial. What what are we trying to achieve with this new budget to make those three and, and the other expenses in the jail make those better? So before we get there, I just want to say, you know, we've been here. This is the fifth budget that I've been involved in since being the sheriff, and and uh, once again, let me praise the, the commission. Uh, I know the, the first four years was a different commission than what we're doing uh, this year. I think it changed, what, 50 percent, mm. half the commissioners. But, you know, they were, they've been working with me very well. We've been able to get a whole lot accomplished at the sheriff's office, and I'm certainly proud of that, and I hope everyone's proud of that. I hope they see the results. Um, but having said all that, you know, this is the fifth year, and we certainly want to make steps forward. Um, but thus far, since we've been sheriff, we haven't had a tax increase, and I certainly hope that I don't cause one this year. That's not what I'm trying to do at all. And and as you know, Ben, every year uh, we have needs and, and stuff that we've got to look, and we want to look forward and continue to get better. I keep saying that. But I also understand as a sheriff there's only so much money, new money that comes in to go around 
Uh, and so, as I've always said, just as long as the sheriff's office are getting their fair share of that, then certainly that I'm happy and we'll make it work some way, somehow. So I certainly hope that uh, even though we certainly have a lot of needs, but I also uh, certainly know that, that there's only so much money to go around. So whatever that is, you know, we'll certainly continue working with the commission as we always have and, and try to get that done. But yes, talking about the jail, well, you know, we hit on a little bit ago, you know, our jail was built in 19, 1993 and it was really uh, for 170 beds. And now it's in 2009, it was modified for 252 beds. Um, just to give you, um, you know, when we first come into office in 14, I think our daily population was like 235, 240. And it's grown to over 400 now. Uh, and so it's putting a lot of pressure on us, uh, as you know. And they've been studies over the years, way before I became sheriff, that, that told us that we needed to, to add a facility. And, and, of course, my job is just to tell the commission what, what I think we need. And, and then after that, I you know, I, I just run whatever I get to run. And we certainly will continue to do that the best we can, on my, no matter what we get or what we keep. And, and so we'll continue to do that. But... But yes, uh, I mentioned earlier we're on two plans of actions from the state of Tennessee, and and uh, one since 2013, and that's been for being overcrowded. Uh, and we, there's nothing we can do about that. We're very careful. We we certainly don't hold other county inmates because we don't have room for that. Uh, we do hold some state inmates, uh, and the reason that is is there's about uh, 15,000 scattered out across the 95 counties. Uh, the state don't have enough prisons either, and so the counties end up getting to hold some of those. And um, of course, they give us a board bill; they pay us to hold that. But uh, a lot of times, it's not necessarily what we need. But uh, but they do pay us, and so we're averaging about a hundred or so state inmates, and we try to keep that to a minimum. Um, but uh, yeah, so we have have that. And the other plan actions with the fire marshal, it's for the exact same reason: is because we're overcrowded. Uh, just to give you an example, um, our female population bed space is 32. Uh, at one point in the last year and a half, we had 109 in there. And of course, that was for a very short period, but but we're way overcrowded. And, and we can talk about the reasons of that is, but a lot of it is drug use. And we can we could split hairs and start talking about which drug use. Um, but um, Certainly, drug use makes up about 85% of our population in our jails across the country, not just in Putnam County, but across the country, either directly or indirectly. And so uh, that's certainly something that, that, we, that we've that uh, Do you currently have any inmates in other county jails? We do not. So everybody, every inmate in Putnam County is in the jail here. So one of the questions I get as a commissioner from, from constituents is, you know, we're certified at 252 beds. We have we can average from four to four fifty. Where do where do you, are you putting those other inmates? We're only certified for two hundred fifty two beds. They asked me that, and I'm like, well, we they they find safe places, yeah, to put those inmates. Well, and actually, the fire marshal ends up telling us where we can and can't. Obviously, you can't restrict doorways in certain places in the jail, but other than that, we're we're finding places just to put them the best we can. Uh, you know, and we're and and. And the judges across the time, I don't want to speak for them, but it's certainly uh, it, what I see is the judges works very hard to try to find other alternatives and other solutions, especially people that, that uh, are nonviolent, uh, to get them somewhere else besides incarceration. But more often than not, after several, several chances, they have no choice. And so that's what we end up with. 
This is trending, discussing the possibility of a future jail and the options with Sheriff Eddie Ferris. I'm Ben Rogers. The overcrowding is the main reason to look at building a new jail or, or, or facility or adding on to the current facility, which the options are there. And we're all part of the Community Corrections Partnership Committee that was that was formed to discuss uh, a new jail, a new court system. And we're currently in that process and no decision has been made. The overcrowding, it's a liability. We know that as, as a commissioner and you as the sheriff. What are the options that the committee has discussed so far? So what we're in hopes and what we've discussed is we're certainly, we've got a geological survey going on right now in our lower parking lot of, of the Justice Center. And for, for me as the sheriff and, and really I think for most people here in the area, um, that's where I feel like that we would need to put the additional facility or add-on or whatever we're talking about. And, and one of those uh, things that we have discussed is a four- or five-story uh, building who, that would be attached to our current facility, uh, and that would also expand our kitchen and the old facility and certain other things. And within that, not just to, to hold an additional uh, several hundred inmates, but we certainly want to have a, a workhouse, uh, a work release program, in other words. Uh, we don't have a work release program right now. And so, you know, people that get get jail time but, but actually able to, work and have a, a good steady job. We want to keep their job. We don't want them to lose their, their job because that more often than not starts them in a downward spiral. We don't want to do that. So we're not set up right now to, to let people go to work and come back into jail. And so we're hoping that's certainly part of that. But yes, the, one of the options is in our lower parking lot. And uh, that would be my wish. It makes more sense to me to keep everything together. If we go out and build in separate uh, facilities somewhere, we certainly can do that, but it would cost the county more money as far as staffing and logistics, transporting people back and forth, and we hook it on and we make it part of what we've got now, then uh, we're keeping inmates inside the facility. They're not outside going somewhere, and the more we can do that, the safer it is for the public. The options so far and have been discussed with the committee and around through the commission and with you – 400 beds, 600 beds, 800 beds, and, of course, it all depends on what the commission thinks they can afford. You would issue a debt resolution and issue bonds to pay for whatever we're going to do, no matter the cost, whether it's $20 million to $50 million. 400 beds is more beds. We're not sure it's quite enough. 600-bed option now, it looks good, but having a shell to add 200 more, and you could do 400 beds now and have a shell for 400 more, what when we talk about a shell, we talk about finishing out four hundred beds or six hundred beds, and we have a shell for two hundred. What are we talking about with a shell? Well, I think the shell is is what we're talking about is actually having the space to come in and put the hardware in to make it workable and usable. In other words, maybe we don't put the uh, the jail cells in. Most of those are portable anyway that fits into the wall and and bolts in and concretes in, and so. Uh, we have it shelled. We have a floor dedicated. We have all the concrete poured. We have everything laid out correctly, but it's just not functional. We just don't have that. So I think that's the term, the shell. And let me just say, no matter wh- which one of these, if we go with any of these three, uh, they will work for now. But like you said, I'm trying to look, you know, certainly want to look for the future. And I think, you know, the commissioners do as well. So uh, the more we can add now, the better and the cheaper, I think, in the long run it will be. But we certainly can make whatever we get work 
right now. Sure. 400 beds could work right now with a shell for 400 more. Uh, the talk has been as soon as you open 400 beds, you're going to fill it up within a matter of months. Sure. And, and you'll have other counties. And of course, uh, I work, as you know, as a consultant, county government consultant, in 13 counties of Upper Cumberland. And I've seen several options that, that each county's done. You, you, uh, Jackson County added on to, um, I believe, a hospital. Uh, they transformed it into a jail. Uh, you have other counties discussing right now. Pickett County's looking at maybe a jail. Clay County is in the need of a jail. Uh, Macon County built a jail, uh, uh, what, 15 years ago, a greenfield site, and they're kind of running out of room t- as well. The inmate population is not decreasing. It's something Putnam County's faced with as long and as well as other counties in the Upper Cumberland. Uh, Warren County has a nice facility, but they're looking at adding to a jail. And so we want to talk more uh, when we come back about the a couple of the options and compare the 800 beds fully fitted uh, to a 400 bed and 400 shell to training today, the need for a new jail, the challenges with overcrowding and determining what exactly the county needs for housing inmates. We continue with Sheriff Eddie Ferris next. How does the process work? The challenges of building a new jail and the growing inmate population in Putnam County. Trending, this is Ben Rogers with Putnam County Sheriff Eddie Ferris and Chief of Finance Mike Kronzkowski. Continue to talk about the jail. Uh, Upper Cumberland inmate population is growing everywhere. Uh, Pickett County, uh, one of my counties I work with, their jail has been uh, top four of the courthouse mm-hmm. since the courthouse was built. They yeah. actually don't have a jail facility. They send their inmates now elsewhere. They don't house any inmates. If they house one, it's overnight. We're at 450 average, 425 inmates per day, certified for 252 beds in the jail. Uh, the state has told you you need a plan of action. It's told the county commission. And the, a new jail or an addition to the current jail we have where our court system is as well is what you prefer, as you stated. The court system, we haven't talked a lot about maybe uh, the court options, and, and we want to focus on the jail, but just briefly, the – we stated 90,000 people come through the Justice Center last year alone uh, through the court system. And the estimate to actually add a new court system, which is a two-story, uh, roughly $18 million through the architect uh, with a parking below uh, the, without the um, uh, about $16 million. So we're focused on the jail and court system as a county, you're obviously going to be focused on the jail. That's what you're responsible for. You're responsible for that jail. And the, the 800 beds, new construction, everything fitted out, ready for inmates to come in. The architect and the construction company that we're working with has roughly around $50 million, $55 million for yes. 800 beds uh, built now or as soon as possible after you issue the debt and – the other options, the price goes down from there because you're looking at 600 beds, 200 sure. shell. Sure. So what would the impact be on the Putnam County if we only did 600 beds with a 200-bed shell, you think? Well, I certainly think we could we could do fine with that. So let, me, let me just say a couple of things. Number one, this, is, this problem's been going on for a long, long time, way before you and I had got on the scene. And so – um, you know, I'm, I'm not sure the economy was as good before we got here. We've been lucky since we've got here. The, the economy in Putnam County is good. Uh, but this is something that has been put off, uh, from other, uh, I guess commissions for whatever reason, good or bad. Uh, and it's something that you and I are, 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 are faced with that we've got to deal with. It's not all of a sudden that we've come up with the fact that 
oh, hey, we, we'd like to have a new jail. It doesn't work that way. In fact, I've said it time and time again, if if I have a choice of having extra money and doing things with it, I would much rather have the money on the other side so I can go out and be more proactive and make sure we keep our crime down or even lower it better than what we have now. So that's just something that you and I are facing. And let me also say, too, so the other counties that we compare ourselves to that's around our size, whether it's uh, the Sumner counties and Gallatin or Washington County up in East Tennessee or whatever county that is, most of those counties that we're comparing ourselves to, Blunt County, uh, they're holding somewhere between four and 600 inmates. So even though we're way overcrowded, we're really on the low side uh, as a whole for what we're holding. So uh, our facility is just too small. We're growing, and our facility is just too small. So it's not like all of a sudden, why are we got more inmates? So, but but anyway, having said all that, um, you know, like I said earlier, uh, Ben, we certainly my preference would be at least six hundred finished and then two hundred shelled in. Uh, if we have to go the four hundred route or need to because of the financing, that's fine. We'll certainly make it work. You know, we're holding four hundred something now. We have a new facility. We're gonna we're gonna jump to to, to five fifty to six hundred pretty quickly after we jump because there'll be more space to keep people that actually needs to stay in jail. And one of the things that we hadn't talked about is the liability that we have now inside our facility. And and as you know, jail medical is a big one. We have all the federal and state guidelines and rules that we have to to take care of with the inmates. And and as you know, most of them are in there. We mentioned earlier, 85% of them are in there because of drug usage. Well, when you're a drug user, you don't take care of your body and your health declines. So when they come into jail, the taxpayers end up getting to pay for that. So that's why our general medical is so high. And and not only that, we certainly don't want to, you know, if we have a disease or something, we have to deal with that right then and make sure we get a hold of it because we could not and cannot take a chance on that spread within our jail. Right. And soon as they, they become your inmate, they're in custody, whether it's uh, an arrest on the road or however it happens, they're officially yours, and anything that happens to them from that point on in your custody, medical-wise, you're responsible for. I'll get phone calls from counties and say, hey, I've got a phone call at 9 o'clock at night from a county sheriff and said, hey, I picked this guy up. He's got tuberculosis. We've already arrested him. Can I take him back? I'm like, by law, you cannot. And their and their ten care gets canceled. Their private insurance doesn't cover them. Right. They're a hundred percent ours. Right. This is trending. Discussing a new jail and where to locate the facility with Eddie Ferris, Putnam County Sheriff. I'm Ben Rogers. We're talking, continue discussing the the jail possibility, and we're talking about how inmates get in. And once they're in, that medical cost is all Putnam counties. If they're state inmate, uh, they will get will get reimbursed some by the state for medical expense. We do. It's not always all the uh, fully refunded. 600 beds uh, fitted out, a 200 shell. The discussion is to build, attach on to the current jail and go out into the lower parking lot. Roughly between 46 and $50 million for that. The big discussion with going out and building up into the parking lot is you're taking up parking. And recently in the county commission meeting and through the CCP committee, Community Corrections Partnership, we've talked about additional parking. Mary Randy Porter has looked at uh, sites around the Justice Center. We've actually purchased one lot uh, for parking, the, and the house that was on it has been torn down, so it's getting ready for parking. Parking will be an issue. Uh, the county will need to purchase more land if that is the option. Uh, there's also been discussed for parking garage. What what has been the discussion and the cost on a parking garage? So before we get there, I want to okay. say one thing. Sure. We'll get back to that. 
So we we're talking about medical. So I've got to get get to to praise Mike and my bookkeeper, uh, Miss Pat, who works tirelessly every single day working on our medical bills. We have medical bills coming in from all kinds of directions. And so she puts a lot of time in there, and it saves a lot of county the money. We're working very close with the hospital here, uh, our hospital here in Cookville now, which for some reason in the past wasn't going on. And so we, we've come to an agreement, and they certainly help us out in that field and, and doesn't charge us as much. And so we're doing every single thing that we know to do to keep the price down, to to, to do the coverage that we have to by law give, but we're also trying to get the best deal and make sure we're not paying for bills that we shouldn't pay for. Uh, it's amazing how many bills come in and out. I mean, unless you're there, you just, it's unbelievable. Uh, once again, I, I told you once people come in, they, they want fi- everything fixed, you know? Right. So right. anyway, just want to give a shout out to my people. They do a really good job and they save the County actually a lot of money, right. even though we're spending a lot of money. We realize that, but but we're trying really hard. Sure. Um, but yes, the parking. So the options are, I think if we put the facility in our lower parking lot, there would still be enough parking in that parking lot for the sheriff's office to keep all of our stuff. But then that would push the public into another location. And as you mentioned, Mayor Porter is looking at one or two other slot pet places around close. And I personally think those would be fine. You know, you go to Nashville and Park, one of these bigger cities, you certainly have to walk a little bit. And so it's not that far. I think it would be fine. And I think that would create more probably handicapped parking up closer to the Justice Center, which would still cover most most folks and most people. Now, we have talked about one of the options was a parking garage. And if we put a parking garage in a lower parking lot, then the public would still be able to park there. But I think... What we had learned is is the architects, the parking garage is really expensive. Uh, it's a good way to save space and have parking, but it's very expensive. Uh, somewhere near $20,000 a spot, uh, actually, place to park, and that's that's mind-blowing to me. But anyway, parking is going to be an issue, and as we grow, it's just going to continue to get worse. Sure. The option we haven't discussed, and it's been discussed through the Community Corrections uh, Partnership Committee, is going to a greenfield side and building a new jail and new court system. And you discussed earlier the the trans transportation. Uh, you would still utilize the current facility for ser- maybe minimum security or certain inmates. But three hundred thousand square feet for uh, a new building has been discussed. Projected cost is significantly higher than doing a six hundred bed, two hundred bed shell or eight hundred beds. And it's coming in around a hundred million dollars. Do you like the option of a greenfield site compared to adding on to where you're at? If you do, so so let me say it again. I'm just the elected sheriff, and I'm going to run and operate the best I can sure. at whatever the county decides that we need to have. Um, personally, if I get a say, I think it makes much more sense to have it there close where everything else is, logistic wise, and keep it going. And let me add this particular building that we're looking at. Right now, the architects have talked to us and give us some information about the lower parking lot. Uh, we're only talking four or five stories now, but it will be to where we can add on to that as years goes by, way beyond our call of duty, I guess, as we're there. So it just makes more sense with the court systems, and we've got room, I think, to, as you mentioned earlier, to put one or two or three more courtrooms, and also to give Jennifer Wilkerson some more space, which who is our circuit court clerk who desperately needs some more room for her records and all the warrant keeping and, and such. And so uh, 
but it just makes sense to me. I'm certainly not against a Greenfield site. Uh, we will go out there and work. One thing that we have talked about is you mentioned it's a lot more expensive um, and it's hard to find land within the city limits. Sure. The court, the, the sheriff's office itself, the courtrooms itself has to be within the city limits. Sure. And that's a great point. And that's, that's according to TCA. Gentlemen, Eddie, Mike, thank you for joining us. The The budget discussion will continue. The jail discussion will continue. I'm Ben Rogers, the Putnam County Budget and the possibility of a new jail. That's trending.